Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones, it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss... The Mysteries of Mystery Shopping, Texting for Help, and Why Channel Switching is a Good Way to Anger Your Customers. Mysteries, Queries, and Quandries, oh my! We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about, as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. Have you ever been a mystery shopper, Joey? Well, Dan, if I tell you, doesn't that kind of give away the mystery? <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's here all episode. All right, all right. Now I'm just teasing. Uh, yes, I actually have had the chance to be a mystery shopper in the sense that lots of times when I do consulting projects with clients, I will tell them that the first thing I want to do is come in and be a mystery shopper and experience their brand and experience their space, which always makes showing up for the workshops that I lead then with teams really interesting because I walk in and invariably some of them are like, oh my gosh, he was in the store yesterday. What's he going to say? That kind of thing. So yes, I, I have been a mystery shopper, but really only as a precursor to consulting engagements. Okay. I got it. Well, the... Former Mrs. Gingis and I actually participated in a very extensive mystery shopping program. Why am I not surprised that you have a history with an extensive mystery shopping program? I, well, you I may not it. be surprised, but it was awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a Dan Gingis type activity. It I was it. so much fun. And I think I'm going to convince you you're going to want to do it with Barrett. All right. All right. So Let Us Entertain You is a large restaurant group based in Chicago. It's got more than 100 restaurants. They've also got some restaurants in a bunch of other states, but most of them are in the Chicago area. They're known for great food, huge dish sizes, you know, servings, and really good service. And so we participated in their program, which is highly selective, and you have to go through this big training and all this stuff. And what they do is they send you out to a restaurant and you pay with your own credit card, but you're reimbursed for the entire meal. They give you some stipulations, but they're pretty minor. Like they'll say, don't order the lobster or something like that. Gotcha. But pretty gotcha. much you get, you can order anything you want. They, they pop for a bottle of wine. It's an, it's a lovely evening. And the only problem with it is, is that you have to go home afterwards and write a and, book report and write a book report. <laughs> And the first time we did this, I'm not making this up, it took us two and a half hours. <laughs> I totally believe that, where you're like, oh, this would be a great way to have an experience. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this was not worth the free meal. Well, at, at the first time I thought that. Now, eventually we got it down to about 45 minutes. But what they were asking was fascinating. They wanted to know the exact words that the waiter or waitress said when they first arrived at the table. They wanted to know if at any point the food was auctioned, which was 
explicitly prohibited. That's that's okay. Who has the hamburger? Who has the steak? Oh, right? They, okay. they want gotcha. people I, I to know. Understand. I thought you were meaning like, who wants a steak for five dollars? Can I get a six? Can I get a seven? I understand what no. you mean. Now, oh yeah. So if if the wait staff didn't remember who got what Correct. and instead decided to broadcast it to your table. Okay. They would ask how many times was your water filled? And you know, I mean, was the water person smiling at you? There, I mean, it, the the details were so specific. I remember the first couple times th- they must have, you know, because you also can't share that you're a mystery shopper, right? Well, and I'm wondering, like, as you're describing this, I imagine some of our listeners might be wondering too. Like, are you taking notes during the meal? Well, I would imagine so- in a pre-social media era that was really difficult. Now it's like, oh, Dan's tweeting again, right? But you're really taking notes on. Oh, we're at five times they've refilled the water. Well, let's put it this way. It was long enough ago that anyone watching my ex-wife would have thought that she had a bladder problem because she had to visit the bathroom like six times to go take notes. Take notes. Gotcha. gotcha. And because, I mean, I think we had phones, but we didn't, but it wasn't, they weren't yeah, it wasn't prominent. the way we use phones today. Yeah. Sure. But in any event, I love this program. We actually got we got to graduate after we did about 10 restaurants. We got to graduate to like their senior program, which was their fancier restaurants. Oh. So they only let their, you know, their best reviewers go to their top restaurants. And it was a blast. I learned so much about paying attention and really focusing on what's going on around you. And this came to fruition late last year. I met a, a former colleague of mine, and we were working on a project together for a client. And we met at a restaurant, and we sat down at the booth, and he was asking me to kind of describe what customer experience was and what I was doing. And I said, well, let me give you an example. Did you notice when we sat down at this booth that the wall next to us was dirty? You know, his, his head swished to the left and was like, no. I'm like, that's the first thing I noticed before we even sat down. Because I'm trained to just look for that kind of sure. stuff. And this mystery shopper stuff taught me that. And uh, so I was very thankful for the opportunity, not only because I got a lot of great food and, and wine, but because I really learned how to pay attention to those details. So I love mystery shopping, which is why I was particularly interested in a brand new book that came out in August called The Secret Diary of a Mystery Shopper by Claire Bosk Scott. Now, Claire is from the Bailiwick of Jersey. And I'm going to admit to everybody, Uh I had had to look this up, okay? I'm not so good at geography. The Bailiwick of Jersey is a British dependency off the coast of Normandy, France. It's part of the Channel Islands. sounds lovely. But anyway, that's where Claire is from. And she... In her book, she defines kind of why mystery shopping is really important for businesses and and how it relates to customer experience. And a couple of things that she noted is she says, you can't be in your business 24-7, obviously. You, You can't be in two or three or 20 places at once if you have multiple locations. You can't improve if you don't get feedback. You can't celebrate your successes if you don't get feedback. You can't manage what you don't measure. And you don't know if you're following your business vision if all you do is sit in your ivory tower and never get out and see how things are actually being done. And so all very good reasons to kind of get out of my speech. I mean, this is kind of the management by walking around theory, right? You've got to be on the front line. You've got to have exposure. And the problem I would imagine that most business owners and managers face is if they go into their store all their employees know who they are. 
So you get, of course, you get better treatment because, quote unquote, the boss is there, right? Whereas if it's a mystery shopper, you get something closer to reality. True. Although I would say as an asterisk to that, Joey, that a lot of executives set it up that way on purpose. So oh, 100%. One, one, yeah. One of the companies I worked for, I, I won't say who it was, but it was set up so that whenever the CEO called customer service, it was like, you know, he was calling the bat phone. And, right. and so a little, you know, siren went off and he got a supervisor who took, right, who took care of him in, immediately. So he never got the experience of an actual customer. I had the opportunity to use the bat phone and I said, no, thank you. I'd like to call the 800 number and see what everybody else sees. Makes sense. So anyway, uh, as usual with a book report, uh, I connected with Claire. She's a lovely lady and I asked her to introduce her new book to our audience. So here's Claire with an overview of her book, The Secret Diary of a Mystery Shopper. Hello, this is Claire Boscott, mystery shopping and customer service global guru. Uh, yes, I'm here and super excited to be here with you on this podcast and to introduce you to my new book. Yes, how exciting is this? Let me introduce you to the secret diary of a mystery shopper. This is my new book launched a couple of weeks ago, which has already ranked number one on Amazon bestseller on customer service and the secret diary of a mystery shopper. If he doesn't give it to you in the title, it is all about mystery shopping. Yes, how you can uncover hidden secret within your organization, how you can look at your employee performances and really improve your service, develop some new strategies and increase your customer loyalty. So the secret diary of a mystery shopper, it is... Um, 11 years now, I've been running my own mystery shopping companies and I've been writing all those stories, the good, the bad and the exceptionals. Yes, because if we talk about exceptional, we will bring more exceptional stories in our book. So this is really a business book. It is, you know, for businesses to... to Take it, read it with your team, read the stories, think about how this could affect your business if you had that kind of experience and look at all the little tips and, you know, the, the, uh, the, the consultancies I gave also behind every of the stories. So um, I'm sure you're going to really enjoy reading some of those stories. Um, I've had people, you know, giving me stories. You know, when you talk about customer service, everybody's got a story. So I'm looking forward to sharing them with you in the secret diary of a mystery shopper. Bye for now. Bye. I got to admit, Dan, I am intrigued. And I particularly liked the way Claire described the good, the bad, and the exceptional. You know, I was waiting for her to say the good, the bad, and the ugly, which lots of times I think is what people think of when they think of customer experience. I know you and I, when we started the experience of this show, made the conscious decision to tell the positive customer experience stories. And I think all too often people are quicker to share the ugly customer experience stories. So I like that she's all about the exceptional to bring more of those exceptional stories to the book so you can model what to do in your business as opposed to learn what not to do. Absolutely. And folks, when you learn what you're doing right, 
by collecting positive feedback from customers, do more of it. I mean, when they tell you that they like it, that's a great indication that you should be doing more of it. Just like when customers complain, that's a pretty good hint that you should stop doing something. And I have always said, whenever I get asked on podcasts or when I'm interviewed, you know, what's one tip that you can give to people in customer experience? I always give the same tip and it is become your own customer, become a customer of your company. If you don't do that, there is no way that you can truly understand what it's like to be a customer. What does that mean? It means get onto your website and create a login and a password and then forget your password and try to go through (laughs) the forget your password. And realize just how insane your process is. Correct. For getting a new password. No, I really like that, Dan. I worked years ago with a company that was in the home heating oil and propane business, kind of a home services energy company. And one of the things that really surprised me when we started is how many of their employees were not actually customers. And it actually, by the time we left there, a significant percentage were because we adopted a program where we said, we're going to help subsidize getting employees to become customers because we wanted them to have that perspective and have that experience. Even if they might not have the direct financial impact of the experience, we at least wanted them to go through the setup and the various customer service interactions so that we could hopefully make the business better. Outstanding. It's just such a great idea. I mean, think about a customer service agent who's trying to help a customer navigate the website, but the agent's never actually been on the website because they yeah, don't have exactly. an account. So, that, so what are they doing? They're reading through a manual or a click-through on a web screen saying, oh, and you should see in the top right corner a purple box. Well, if they've never logged in, they don't know what they're seeing. Exactly. And it does make all the difference. Yeah. And it can be very frustrating to the person on the other line. Okay, Joey, I think... Of all of our book reports, this is the best author favorite passage that we've ever had. Ooh, pressure. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in for this one. This is going to be interesting. I like it, Dan. Here's Claire reading her favorite passage. Can you steal jewelry? Okay, so that was a first. I just received an email from my client, a large jeweler's who had finished a big safety and theft training with their staff and wanted us to go and try to steal something from one of their shops. Wow. Okay, this was taking mystery shopping into a whole new dimension as this could have secondary implication. We had to think about this one before. What would happen if I get caught? What if the alarm goes rough? What if the police is being called? What if we get filmed in CCTV camera? You see where I'm coming from? Hmm. But after a good conversation with my clients and arranging all the possibility, we agreed to perform the visit. Okay, tell me you don't want to know the end of that story. Oh my gosh, not only do I want to know the end of this story, but I'm kind of reminded, and this is going to be a little bit of a nostalgia throwback. We'll see which of our listeners are old enough to remember this movie. Years ago, I think this probably would have been maybe late 80s, mid 80s, there was a movie with Robert Redford called Sneakers that was all about like this business that specialized in hacking into other businesses. And I remember watching this thinking, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. I now think that I want to go work for Claire 
on these jewelry cases. Exactly. <laughs> See, I was thinking, like, uh, forget the restaurant ones. Claire, if you need help breaking into a bank or a secure facility or stealing jewelry, call me. I will be your mystery guy. I love it. And uh, I was actually thinking Ocean's Eleven when I read that one. But nice, nice. That too. That too. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I have a favorite passage as well. And, uh, you know, I combined two of my favorite things, Joey. I combined restaurants and bathrooms. Shocker. Our loyal (laughs) listeners are falling over right now. No, friends, it's more of the same from Dan Gingis. All right. So here we go with uh, another story that uh, she tells in her book. Once we had a restaurant group who wanted to get their branches measured. And I was asked to bring my family with me. We arrived in the restaurant and As she loved being a little mystery shopper, I sent my daughter to the toilets to check them out. She was gone a good 10 minutes, and as I was about to come and see where she was, she reappeared, running back from the toilet, and said, Mom, 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 you won't believe what happened. I was on the toilet and the light went off, so I couldn't see anything. I was a bit scared and eventually managed to open the door, and the light came back on. You can imagine the situation. The toilet lights were activated by a sensor. The door was tall enough to trigger it, but she wasn't. The lights went off until she managed to open the door again. The point is what this group of restaurants did after this visit. They readjusted all of their toilet sensors so small people could also be picked up by the sensors. They also took it a step further, having had this feedback from a six-year-old girl. They revisited their entire young customer experience and suddenly increased their family revenue by 40%. Ooh, I like it, Dan. I like it. You know, talk about taking a situation and not only fixing the problem, but using it to springboard into some additional enhancements for your customers as well. You know, we've talked about this on the show before, how often businesses miss the associated customers of their customers, right? The significant others, the spouses, the children of their primary customers who happen to be in their location or in their business or tangentially touched by the business and how there's an opportunity to enhance things there. I love it. Well, my favorite passage was about uh, Kevin Peters, the president of Office Depot. And here's the story from The Secret Diary of a Mystery Shopper. I parked and saw an associate leaning up against the brick facade, smoking a cigarette. Meanwhile, customers were walking out without any bags. This employee did nothing. He just watched them leave empty-handed. At that point, I had a tough decision to make. Should I blow my cover and alert the store manager, or should I stay silent? I sat in the car a few minutes, thinking it over. Finally, I decided I just can't let this go. I went into the store and looked at the stanchion that stands at the front of every location, displaying the name of the manager and his or her picture. Guess who the store manager was? Yes, the guy smoking outside the store. So I went up to him and introduced myself, and we had a good long talk. He was ashamed of his behavior, and he was sweating during the conversation. He promised he'd do a better job of taking care of customers, and I promised to keep in touch. Even today, we exchange emails every month to discuss his performance. Joey, I'm telling you, I want to work for a company someday that has a president like Kevin Peters. And that was actually part of a a, a larger story where he talked about visiting dozens and dozens and dozens of stores. And I have to tell you, 
My father, who was a business owner uh, of, of a formalware business, did the same thing. He traveled all around the country and visited his stores. And that's when he learned the most about what was actually going on. You can't tell this stuff from a report or a spreadsheet or even, frankly, from talking with your employees. You have to go out there and do it yourself. And so great job, Kevin Peters, for being your own mystery shopper. I love it. So Guys, check out The Secret Diary of a Mystery Shopper by Claire Bosk Scott. It is available on Amazon. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. And uh, don't forget to be a mystery shopper in your own company. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? So, Joey, when you communicate with friends or family members, what's the most common way that you connect with them? I would say at this point in the game, text messaging is the most common. And the way I know that this has really increased, especially in the last few months, is I am currently looking at the little indicator on my screen and I have 19 unread text messages. So my text messaging is almost starting to feel like my inbox for email, but that is definitely the tool I use the most. Well, that would make me break out into hives. I couldn't possibly let that happen. (laughs) But I'm glad you said that because that's how you and I connect too. Almost always when we're in between shows, we're, we're texting all the time, ideas back and forth and questions, et cetera. And so... I think that's true of most people, that that texting has become the mode of communication between two people. So there's a line that I remember from a, a really great business book called Message Me. And it was written by a friend of mine, Joshua March, who was also the founder of a social media and messaging service platform called Converse Social. He wrote, quote, I tell my family and friends to message me. Why can't a brand just message me? Unquote. It seems so simple, right? So during COVID-19, when customers have been stuck at home, texting has become a much more important communication method for companies. Podium, a customer messaging platform for businesses, reported that more than 60% of consumers received or exchanged text messages with a local business during the early days of the pandemic. Now, I'm sure that number has gone way up since then. Joey, have you experienced texting with businesses during COVID? You know, Dan, I have. And what's interesting, I I talked about one of these early on, I think, uh, not to pull a Dan, but I think it was back at episode 103 when I talked about the eye doctor experience that we had. But even just in the last episode, we talked about the experience I had with movers. And what I didn't share, I don't think, during that segment is that Because of COVID, we were texting back and forth, and I was actually texting videos of the house. You know, normally when you do a move, somebody from the moving company comes and they walk through the house and you show them all the stuff. Well, because of COVID, I was like, I really don't want to have random people walking around inside the house if we can do this using technology. And so I would text, all right, I'm, you know, here, and we would, you know, I would shoot a little video and text it from that room, and then I'd go to the next room and shoot another video. And so I basically just sent them a string of videos so they could do a virtual walk through the house. So yeah, I've definitely been using texting more with businesses during this time. And I've really 
appreciated the businesses who've been willing to do that. Some are like, oh, well, we don't really have the tools set up for that. And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have a cell phone? Like, come on. I don't know what tools you need. Exactly. And I mean, I do it all the time as well. I've gotten a lot of notifications for doctors or dentist appointments for me and the kids. When my Grubhub is about to be dropped off, I get a text. When it's time to pick up my groceries or my prescriptions, I get a text. We talked in a previous episode about Imperfect Produce, which I get every week. They tell me when the driver's down the street and when he's arriving at my house. I think it's great. And it is, it's such a great way to keep in contact and to understand what's going on. So this got me thinking about why more companies aren't using this simple and effective communication method for servicing their customers. And I remembered a story from right before COVID that I had wanted to tell on the show. And then I kind of passed on it because people stopped traveling, et cetera. <laughs> it might have felt a little tone deaf to talk yeah, about traveling. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, you know what? I think it's relevant again. And so here it is. So I was on a vacation in Miami. This was about December-ish. And I stayed at a hotel called The Confidant, which is uh, owned by Hyatt. And when we checked in, the receptionist pointed out that if we needed anything at all during our stay, we should text him. Now, he said that sometimes there was a hold time on the guest service's phone number. And of course, the front desk was often helping other guests. But the text line, he said, was open 24 hours, seven days a week. And it had a response time of only a couple minutes because every hotel employee had access to it. Now, interestingly, during our stay, we forgot about the text line. Of course you did, because most hotels don't have a text line. Exactly. And so we ended up standing in line at the front desk to ask about getting some additional water bottles for our room. And we waited patiently because sure enough, there was a line. There were a couple people in front of us. And then when we finally got to the front of the line and told the receptionist what we wanted, he said, you didn't have to wait in line. You could have just texted and we would have dropped it off at, our, at your room. Ah, got it. So they they are trying to condition you. And, you know, it's not like they didn't tell you when you first checked in. But I do like how you got this reminder that you could save some time by texting. So it's like a, it's a benefit to you, even though, let's be candid, there's some business benefits to them to moving these to the texting channel as well. Of course, of course. And they don't want to, you know, they don't want people seeing long lines at the front desk and all that sort of stuff. So I did some research on this because I was really interested in this texting program. Uh, you and I, obviously, uh, when we are traveling and, and speaking, stay at a lot of hotels. And this is the first time that I had experienced uh, being asked to use a text line. So I found out that a company called Slalom Build was actually the leader of the design and user experience for Hyatt's mobile app. And what they said on their website was they have a case study about Hyatt. And they said that Hyatt recognizes that travelers don't like to ask for things. And they'll often go without things if it's not easy to ask for it. Oh, Dan, this is so true. There are plenty of times where I've been in a situation in the hotel where I thought, oh, I wish I had blah, 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 or whatever it may be. And I've thought, oh, do I really want to go downstairs to the front desk? Or do I really want to call the front desk? Or, you know what, never mind, I'll deal without. So that's interesting that they kind of recognize that traveler behavior. Yes. And folks, when you recognize a pain point in your customer experience, one of the best things you can do is fix it. Fix it. And so with their app, 
you know, obviously you can check in and check out, but at any point in the app, you can text the concierge to order room service, to ask for items to be delivered to your room if you need more coffee or another pillow or a toothbrush or you forgot your razor, whatever. And not only can you request these items, but the app then gives you the delivery status and the timing of the items, right? And, and so you don't have to sit there while the kids are running around or whatever's going on, or you're trying to get them to bed and not know when they're coming. And sometimes it, it seems like an eternity, right? Ooh, uh, yeah. <laughs> First of all, number one, I love the idea of digital hospitality. Number two, yes, the status delivery and timing is huge because I will tell you there have been many, many a time that we've been on the road and my wife and I have realized, oh, we need you know an extra pillow or an extra sheet for the high to bed or we're going to put the kids on the couch or whatever it may be. And you call down and you ask for it and they're like, oh, we'll send somebody right up. And right up turns into five minutes and then 10 minutes. And then you're like, oh, are they coming? Or I don't want to call them, bug them. 15 minutes. Oh, finally, I'll call. Oh, just kidding. We forgot about it. Sorry. And meanwhile, the kids are, or at least my kids are jumping off the walls. And it's like having the ability to check on that delivery status and timing would be very useful. Absolutely. And so Slalom and Hyatt collaborated on this and they set three different goals for the app. Now, number one was to increase engagement and improve the guest experience from booking through post departure. And we've talked a lot about oh, you know, I like it. it. You had me at post departure, yeah. Dan. I like it. Exactly. Now, number two is to gain a better insight into guests' needs and preferences, and then to use that information to continue to enhance future experiences. Then the third goal was to build a flexible, scalable digital platform that enables industry-leading features. And so one of the benefits that Hyatt saw from this is not only did they have more satisfied guests, but they also had increased bookings. They saw huge increases in mobile booking volume almost immediately after launching this app. Uh, now, see, Dan, I got to admit, in many ways, this doesn't surprise me, but I am thrilled to hear that that's what they saw because it gets back to a point that I made earlier in that often when we're a hotel, we don't think of using our personal mobile phone to interact with the hotel. And when you teach me that my phone is a way to communicate with the hotel, i.e. via these text messages, now I'm going to be comfortable thinking about using my phone for other ways to communicate with the hotel, like mobile booking. Exactly. So the takeaway here is that when you focus on improving the experience, especially in the channels of your customer's choice, those customers will spend more, be more loyal, and they'll tell their friends and family about you. In this case, Hyatt removed a customer pain point, which is having to ask for things, and they made it incredibly easy via text, which is a channel that they knew their guests were already comfortable with. You know, this makes perfect sense, Dan, and it really supports something that I saw from a report from the folks at Podium. Uh, the report was called Five Ways to Stay Ahead of the Competition. And one of the main benefits of messaging for businesses is that they can be channel agnostic by employing a single messaging platform. So in other words, customer service agents don't have to learn different messaging platforms like Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp and Twitter Direct Message, which let's be candid, they should talk to you, not to me, or really care what the customer's using because all of the messages can consolidate into a single agent inbox, which allows you to deliver a much more consistent experience across all your interactions. And let's be candid, 
it's like there's a new app every week. There's something new coming out all the time. So if you really want to be thinking and planning for the future, you've got to be ready to handle this. Absolutely. And it's a great answer to the question I always get, which is, which channel should I be in? And my, <laughs> yes. my answer is always wherever your customers are, right? right. So uh, one more thing that Podium said, which I think is a great thing to leave our, our uh, listeners with. They said, now is the time to start messaging your customers or risk losing them to businesses that do. So as we've been telling you, Joey and I are hosting a brand new game show called Experience Points. We are having so much fun with our celebrity contestants. It's three different games in every episode, and one of them is called Fake or Fact. Let's learn how Fake or Fact works. In Fake or Fact, examine three similar experiences. Some are real, some are not. Your task is to determine the fake from the fact. Each experience correctly detected is worth 100 points. Three correct answers will earn you 200 bonus points for a possible score of 500 points. Well, I got to tell you, Dan, one of the reasons I loved the concept behind this game is we've got some amazing contestants who've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. They know customer experience inside and out. And this was kind of a fun way for you and I to play around with them a little bit, right? Tease them a little with some things that might be real or might not be real. Because let's be candid, when you've been in the customer experience game for a while, you come to realize that the horrors of customer experience or the surprise and delight moments of customer experience, there's a ton of them. And you never really know what's going to come next. And I'll tell you, in this era of quote-unquote fake news, it was a lot of fun to try to create the fake experiences and see if we could get people to think they were real. And actually, Joey, you and I did a pretty good job of that because we I like to think so, some yeah. experts. It was great. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't know if that speaks more to our character or our creativity, but we'll <laughs> let the audience decide. But it was super fun to be able to do this. It ends up being a fast-paced game. It ends up being a game where you get to see what's possible. And what I really loved about the games, not only Figure Fact, but all the games we play on Experience Points, is that they're designed to help us create some teachable moments, to have some conversations with our customer experience expert contestants to suss out how companies should be thinking about their own customer experience. So it's not just an entertaining way to spend a little bit of time, but there are some great takeaways you can apply in your business. Absolutely. And I will say, I mean, Joey and I love recording this podcast, Experience This, but I think this is the most fun we've ever had recording this game show because it is just so much. It's so entertaining the entire time. If you like this show, you will love Experience Points. So do us a favor. Check it out at experiencepointsgame.com. That's experiencepointsgame.com. It's brought to you by our friends and sponsors of the Experience This Show as well, Avtex. Check them out at avtex.com. Thank you, Avtex, for keeping us employed and really allowing us to have a ton of fun. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? So I, like many small business owners, applied for a forgivable business loan through the government's Paycheck Protection Program. 
Uh, the dreaded PPP. I'm not sure I'm going to like what's coming, Dan. Remember, we talked about a, positive experiences, is this right? A government program is that why? <laughs> no, no, I just, I just, I know, and I have a number of friends who worked in kind of the administration of this program on the banking side, and oh, talk about some horror stories of just like wanting to do the best to help people out and just not getting good information and directions, especially at the beginning of how to process the applications, how to manage it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yes, you're, and, and now you're going to tell most of my story for me. But yes, this is about a bank. It's not about the government. I, Joey, I don't know what your hourly consulting rate is, but I could tell you that given the paltry sum that I actually ended up receiving <laughs> after all my hassle, uh, I think I pretty much broke even on the whole thing. So as I mentioned, the, the Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP, as you said, is a forgivable loan, and it's designed to help small businesses stay afloat and keep more people employed during the pandemic. Now, it was kind of hastily announced at the beginning of the pandemic, if I could That's an understatement. So <laughs> and it actually took banks by surprise, and many of them were not prepared for what was an onslaught of loan applications. So I chose an online bank that had a great reputation, and it was actually one of the first banks to set up an online application for the PPP loans. The process was actually really fast and easy. And so after being conditionally approved, I had to submit some evidential paperwork. So Ooh, I, that sounds fancy. Evidential. You know, I, I use that because I know that we have a recovering attorney. Yeah, I'm a recovering show. attorney. First step submitting, you have a problem. Evidential, yep. yes. Yeah. So I had to you know, submit like my LLC formation documents and uh, I had to give them some bank information, whatever. And I also had to tell them, by the way, this is the important part. Where did I want them to send the money? Right. right. And so I go through that familiar process. I know all our listeners have done it. You've done it before where you set up a new bank account and they, they put like 31 cents and 14 cents. And then four cents. Yeah. And you have to confirm both. And you have to confirm it. Right. So everything went through flawlessly and it all seemed set. I'm sensing a punchline, but nope. That's the end of the story. We'll see you next time on Experience This. No, the next time I logged in to check my status, the bank account that I just set up was missing. Oh, of course it was. And (laughs) there was a message asking me to add one. So this was curious since I had obviously already done it. And so I tried to add it again, but I got an error message. So I emailed the bank and uh, I was assured that my account was registered. Everything was fine. And even though the website didn't show my bank account information, don't worry, it was there. <laughs> like, That's the age old theory of don't trust what you're seeing. Trust yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, great. Yeah, so, surprise, surprise. Say, I was a little skeptical, but okay. So a couple weeks later, I was told that I was approved for a PPP loan, but I never saw any deposit come through. So I checked the website again and I get this message. The Small Business Association requires that Paycheck Protection Program loans be dispersed within 20 days of approval. Since we did not receive signed loan documentation from you during this time, we had to suspend your loan for the time being. Oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me. So yeah, so I'm sitting here waiting for the deposit and then they basically tell me you didn't get the deposit because you didn't give us a bank account. (laughs) It's essentially what happened. So I emailed them again and this time I got no answer for over a week. So I decide to call. And people, we don't want to call. 
It's a last resort yeah, for yeah, exactly. and younger, okay? But I called, and I got this recorded message, of course. Surprise! Yes. <laughs> Your call is very important to very us. Very important. <laughs> we are overwhelmed and right we're now experiencing with PPP uh, applications. Volume, blah, 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 blah. But what the thing that annoyed me was, is that the message kept telling me that everything I needed to know was on the website. Of course, go to the website. Go to the website. Now, like, hold on a second. I've already been I've to the been website. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. So this just made me matter and matter as I'm listening to this thing. And it kept telling me to go to the very website that was not providing any information on why my loan, loan had suddenly gone from approved to pending. You know, Dan, I think sometimes businesses just, they don't remember that they're dealing with customers that aren't from 50 years ago, right? I think the average customer today knows, well, before you call, check the website. Now, that doesn't always happen, but I know you always go to the website first. Most customers are trying to self-serve, and the best businesses should let them self-serve. Let them go to the website and see, and guess what? If they call you, it probably means that they couldn't find the answer easily on your website, or it's not on your website. Right. I mean, if you're going to tell people to go to the website, make sure the dang website works is all we're asking for here. So, so true. So finally, this is the best part. So I'm sitting there on hold like an idiot for five or 10 minutes, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, the recorded message says, your time in queue has expired. Please call back another time. And it hung up on me. <laughs> so let me get this right. The Hold service decided that it was tired of having you wait. Pretty much. So it would kick you out and have you call back another And time. it wasn't after an hour. It was after five or 10 minutes oh, that I was waiting on hold. Oh, my gosh. And so now I can't get my question answered on the website. I can't get my question answered on the phone. And I'm literally handcuffed. I don't have any idea what to do. You know, and I'm thinking somewhere someone is being incentivized for hold times. Like someone on the bank's team is being incentivized for hold time. So they're like, I've got an idea. Let's kick people out after five minutes because then our longest hold time will be five minutes. Right. Right? What a brilliant idea. We've got to align the incentives here and make sure people do it. Not to mention, it's like how absolutely infuriating. It's like, you know, the person picking up and saying, oh, let me transfer you. And you're like, no, 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 don't transfer me. Click. And then you're like, great. Now I'm completely lost and will never speak to a human again. Exactly. So listen, folks, when customers call you, don't tell them to go to the website. When customers tweet you, don't tell them to call you. Rest assured that your customers know the service channels that are available and they're going to choose the channel they want which isn't always going to be the channel that you want. It's the responsibility of the business to meet its customers where they are. My experience was so frustrating precisely because I tried to self-serve on the website. And then when I needed help, I was told to go to the website. Ugh. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This! We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This. <laughs>